I'm Danny. And I'm Laurel. And this is the astrology of Fay Folk. Totally. It's the astrology of Drew Barrymore, but she's totally Fay. She's basically Fay. <laughs> yeah. All that Pisces, is it? Is it just her son? I guess we'll just get into it. Let's just get into it. She has this magical yeah. birthday, February 22nd, 222, 1975. Which I just fucking love I know. for her. I just I love know. Drew so much. Yeah. Who doesn't? Truly. How can you not? How can you not? How can you not? Okay. I'm so excited to talk about her birth chart today, today, today. Let me pull it up today. and share it with you. Today, yeah. today, when I use a YMCA counselor, that was a cheer that we had. <laughs> today, 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 today. Hey, that was the whole wow. last thing, dude. Ridiculous what the mind holds on to. Like, why? Yeah. I don't need that cheer <laughs> anymore. And yet, every time I hear someone emphasize the word today, the jingle begins a jangling. <laughs> okay, Drew Barrymore, magic fae little Thumbelina fairy woman that she is. You can't pin her down. You know what I mean? And that's why I think she serves me that fae vibe so much. She's magical. That's for sure. Can't deny that. She is magic. So let's get into the magic of her chart. And you asked a really wonderful question right up front. Is Pisces the, is her son the only planet that she has in Pisces? And so this is a wonderful starting point. And the answer is no. Her son is not the only planet that she has in Pisces. She also has Jupiter and Venus in Pisces. And we're going to get to that. But we're going to start with her sun. Called it Pisces Stellium. Called you it. You did. All right. You, you got Let's... that vibe. It's that magic vibe. It's that fake fucking vibe. It is. It's that two, two, two. Yes. Okay. So Drew's son is in Pisces in the 10th house. And Drew is definitely serving the more commonly associated traits of Pisces, uh, that of being sensitive, empathetic, creative, adaptable, romantic, imaginative. These are all like the nice fluffy things that we know and associate with Pisces, right? And and Drew. (laughs) And Drew, exactly. You're just like, it is to the T who she puts herself out there to be. But the other side of Pisces, which we have definitely, definitely seen come through, especially in season one when we were covering the charts of killers, is that Pisces are prone to escapism. They are prone to addiction. And they can have a ridiculous issue with boundaries. Like Drew. (laughs) Like <laughs> Drew, right? So she's really this epitomized Piscean vibe. And clearly Drew was not a killer. <laughs> like, obviously, she was not a killer. But I do want to point out one of our big takeaways about Pisces energy in general that we made uh, lots of observations about in season one, which is how impressionable Pisces is. 
as a sign, how much they're influenced by their environment and their surroundings. And that is because they just go along with what's happening around them. That's that mutable sign, that mutable energy vibe. It's a highly adaptive and highly flexible. And so this is to me is a big part of why in the beginning of her life, it was so easy for her to fall into dangerous and addictive behavior as the strong Pisces influence of her chart when not channeled wisely or constructively can get swept away in the currents. And she was nine years old going to Studio 54 where there was open access to drugs, escapism, exploitation, illusion, delusion, you know. So she was impressioned and conditioned by her environment in that way. And that's like, again, it's this idea of like the fish doesn't know that it's in water. It's born into water. It doesn't know it's in water. And the water was kind of toxic. Well, it's also like it gives me just water vibes being impressionable and molding mm-hmm. to and around and becoming part of, right? It is the literal element. Mm-hmm. Filling the container exactly. in which it finds itself. Exactly. 10 million exactly. percent. So that's just like the Pisces ends of it. And it's like, okay, that's like a redonkulously accurate depiction in a very small, like one, like one energy, one essence going on here. But her son was in her 10th house. And we saw this with Brooke Shields too. the son in the 10th house, like really seems to do something for notoriety, doesn't it? Wow. Wait, isn't? Nope. Mine's in the ninth. God damn it. (laughs) <laughs> so close. damn damn philosophy <laughs> getting in the way of my fame <laughs> but yeah this son in the 10th house really does tend to be a strong indicator that a person is likely going to have an impactful or noticeable public presence at least in the in the very least within their chosen sphere mm-hmm. and obviously this is a very public sphere the hollywood movie industry It can definitely indicate that the native may achieve fame, recognition, authority, power, and that they are highly ambitious and tend to have a life full of events. Like the 10th house is a very active, dynamic part of the chart. We tend to witness the manifestations of planets inside of the 10th house, the first house, the fourth house, and the seventh house. Mm -hmm. really um, palpably because those are the most quote-unquote visible spots in the chart. So if you have planets in the first, fourth, seventh, or 10th, your life has a lot of dimension to it. There tends to be a lot of activity that occurs there. And so Drew had her son here. And now let's remember energy is inherently neutral. So while, so this is a great moment to point out that when she was younger and blacklisted by Hollywood, she was still known very publicly, but she was known for being a wild child and a party girl. So like she was mm-hmm. never fully out of public view, even in the worst of it. But that being said, we know that she's not remembered so much for her difficult youth now, but for her big heart and her creative vision and her sincere ability to connect with others. So there's like a whole medley of manifestations where there's been a like a really full gambit of this energy that comes through in the 10th house honestly i would say 
just thinking about all of the things that she has done besides acting with like her show. Um, she like took up photography and has like a photography book out and just like the flower films production company. Oh, her makeup. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, is it makeup? Did she do makeup? I don't know. I mean, you know, she's Wait. like very entrepreneurial. So I know. And it's all just art. It's all art. Mm-hmm. Which is very Piscean, right? Exactly. Like that creative exactly. vision, the visionary aspect of it. Yes. And so all of this energy is bolstered by, I mentioned it before, but Drew has her Jupiter in Pisces conjunct Venus in Pisces in her 10th house as well. So Jupiter and Venus are holding hands. They are giving each other the softest, tenderest embrace that you could possibly imagine. Love. This is about as sweet as a conjunction can possibly be between planets because wow. Jupiter rules Pisces, which means that it's really empowered there. It has a really strong dignity. It can bring about the best of its manifestations and the worst and the worst. Power goes both ways, right? But it can really bring about the fullness of the expression. And so there's a lot of really pow powerful, benefic energy going on. And then you couple in Venus, who is the other good planet, the other benefic planet, the other bringer of bounty in astrology. And they are squeezing the shit out of each other. And mm -hmm. Venus is exalted in Pisces, which means that Venus is empowered there too. Venus can do some of her best work in Pisces. So we have this really sweet, tender, so like soul of an artist type of energy going on. Uh, lots of social awareness, lots of so much compassion, so much empathy, like bleeding heart mm -hmm. is an underlying yes. feature of this type yes. of astrology. And on top of that, Jupiter was actually her, what's called the benefic of sect, which I have think referred to several times as we've done interpretations before, but that means Jupiter was actually the most powerful and positive planet in her chart. And, and it was really positive and really powerful. Plus it had Venus in there too. There is just no doubt That's in so my mind. Lucky. Yes. It's so lucky. This speaks endlessly to her ability to display resilience and faith and trust and belief. Those are all Piscean qualities, right? Those are all like yeah. Jupiter and Piscean qualities. And it gives an extra deep well of unconditional love and kind of like a mystical, magical, rose-colored glasses kind of vibe there. Um, it's it's just giving me her video of like, whenever you can. <laughs> Go outside yes. in the rain. <laughs> that is the perfect <laughs> embodiment of this energy. Yeah. It is the perfect embodiment. And that is how people have come to know her. It is how people have come to love yes. her. Yeah. It is just and now she's really just like crying with other child stars on her show and just healing. And like I – this is the kind of – like I want to know past lives of like lucky people like like I always get clients you know it's like oh 
what did this happened? Okay, what's the result? Why is it the consequence of, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I'm carrying this from a past life. I want someone to book a reading and be like, nothing bad ever happens to me. I have a wonderful life. I'm abundant. I'm like, what did I do in a past life to deserve this? Like, Danny, I want people can't book Jesus. readings. <laughs> <laughs> Enlightened people. Those people aren't reincarnating. No. <laughs> <laughs> They're not coming to us. <laughs> right i know they don't need to they no tea no right. shade but like <laughs> i know it's so true like same though yeah um, no 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 i totally get it but like i mean it wasn't all fun and games and we're gonna get to that i mean I obviously know. it wasn't all fun and games we, we went know. over her bio we do but, be knowing. i mean she just so it she's so magnanimous so like, graciously and so compassionately moved through all of her troubles, all of her obstacles in order to get to the place where she is now, which is just this true light. It, it for, is. For this everybody. is such a light aspect. Yeah. I don't know one mm. person that that would be like, no, I don't like Drew Barrymore. No, I don't care. She is nah. a friend. She's a friend yes. to all. <laughs> True Barrymore, yes. friend to all. Like, I dare somebody so to have powerful. a bad thing to say about her. Impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, I can't. I can't, can't. do it. Also, dude. Be because she owns. Be because she owns her shit too, and that's another thing. She yeah. just she fucking owns her shit, and like we'll we'll get to that part of it too. Yeah. But like one more thing, I want to point out on this just beautiful tenth house situation she has going on here. Um. She is most known for her romantic comedies, right? She's most mm-hmm. known for her roles in romantic comedies. And I just, I can't let this aspect just, like, go without pointing out that um, being known for is a 10th house thing, right? Mm-hmm. That's public image, reputation. Romantic mm-hmm. is a Venus thing. <laughs> Relationships, oh my God, love, yes. connection. And then comedy is a Jupiter thing. Like, wow. <laughs> comedy is a Jupiter topic how do we make light and make big out of things so like it's so quintessential i mean it's so like written there that of course that's what part of like what she brings what she, how she's known it's the right channel the right vehicle it for her energy sense yes it makes so much sense and so drew's son was also trying her uranus which is so important to point out because she is a wild child. She does have the it factor. She has a streak of unpredictability. She has a deep thirst for adventure and for new experiences. And that is like hella Uranus's domain. And mm-hmm. Uranus is like that rebel planet. It shakes things up. It breaks molds. It disrupts expectations. And this aspect, the trine, the love trine, is a harmonious aspect. It's a supportive aspect. So it actually made a really easy channel for her identity energy to express itself with that kind of wild charm. But even so, it made it easy for her to seamlessly be exposed to unexpected kind of like daily realities. Like you never know what you're going to get and she just flows and with it and adapts to it. And yeah. That's primarily because Uranus is in her sixth house of like habits, routines, daily work, 
sustainability. So it creates a lot of variety in her everyday life. Like, I really don't think that Drew Barrymore often has monotonous streaks where everything is the same day in and day out. Uh, I doubt it. Just not how her energy Mm -mm. works. Controlled chaos. (laughs) Yes. I don't know how controlled all the time, but... In in the best sense. Like, the good times are controlled chaos. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Just having Uranus in this house can signal to us that she might have erratic or unpredictable patterns or routines, which she is very open about, mm-hmm. um, and that sh- they may struggle with following established structures in their day-to-day life. And that's where the trine can become a double-edged sword because it can provide a lot of excitement and fresh experiences, but it makes it too easy to fall into chaotic patterns that would be very public because this is all coming from that 10th house energy too. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, And Laurel, do I see squares? Yes. Yes, you do. Is Is it the big square that looks like it's in the middle of, or these little red boxes that I see three of them? There are these, it's kind of this big square because what you're seeing okay. is this square with the, with the nodes. Okay. Drew's son is at a square between the North node and the South node. And that is a point that is called the bending of the nodes. So isn't one of those alleged to be associated with past lives yes my friend the south node is and the north node is what you're meant to be developing in this life yes okay and your south node is that your son your south node is always going to be the opposite sign and location as your north node because they are an access okay with each other okay so how do you figure that out is your north node your son no, no, no. They are their own points. They are their oh. own total, complete components in astrology. Oh, they okay. they function kind of like planets, but they're called points. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I thought that one of them was associated with the sun because I think I have one in Leo. And that means the other one is Aquarius. That's very possible. That happens. It happens. It happens. Okay. It, okay. So it's just... I'm the exception. But that would be, you would think of it as the same thing as like uh, sometimes the sun's in the same sign that Jupiter is in. Like sometimes okay. they're just traveling in that, in the same place at the same time. Sure. Okay. 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 So. So Drew's sun is in between. Got it. Her north node and her south node, which is a critical point in that axis. It's called anytime a planet is at the midpoint between the north node and the south node, it's called being at the bending of the nodes, which is a fancy pants term. I really like it. Mm -hmm. And it means that this planet is playing a very important part in this person's karmic life lessons. So her identity. There it is. Being in the public eye is a huge part of not only what needs to be released and moved away from, but also what needs to be developed it's like the key to the castle there's like the key to unlocking that that spectrum 
that's going on. And so that planet becomes very, very important. So in Drew's case, it's the sun. So the sun becomes very important or very prominent because that is the energy they have to learn how to work with, how to finesse. So so in Drew's case, it's identity. It's ego. Mm -hmm. It's self. Mm -hmm. Think how selfless she is all the time and how impressionable she is all the time. She's been tasked to like figure some stuff out through the vehicle of self-discovery. Mm-hmm. And these things, these planets that are at the bending, they can sometimes create crisis-like events in somebody's life that has to be resolved. It's like, it's like, it's self-sabotage on a, in a, it's like if the higher self was making you self-sabotage because it's like, ultimately, this is going to (laughs) work. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're going to figure this out. (laughs) Yeah, yes. It's got a lot of that energy. Like there's um, like levels where like we can hit if we do well. And then there's like levels that like you have to hit this. Like regardless, even if it kills you, you're going to hit this. <laughs> yeah. Then we'll take it from the top if it does. Straight up. <laughs> it's really vital energy. Um, I found an article by an astrologer I really like named Alice Sparkly Cat. And they wrote that the North Node in Sagittarius, the native is trying to figure out why they do all the things that they do with Gemini in the South node. They're aware of the possibilities that their life can take, but they're learning how to prioritize their purpose planets in Pisces, which is the scenario for drew here are the North nodal benders because to find their purpose, natives have to tell their story. They have to let themselves dream a little instead of only focusing on what is already reality. And she's like doing that. She killed it. Nailed it. She's not a killer, but she killed it. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Uh, And then the last thing I want to talk about with Drew's son, because I'm ready to move on to other planets. She just has a very active solar energy. Sorry, this is the astrology of Drew's son. (laughs) This is the astrology of Drew's son. This is the astrology of Pisces. Yeah. Uh, But it is conjunct Lilith. Hello. Holding hands with Lilith. Holding hands with Lilith. So Drew had her son conjunct bad girl Lilith, who we learned a lot about in last season by covering the charts of killers. And again, obviously Drew is not killing nothing but but hearts and and reviews, killing it on reviews and, across the nation. And, and growth and growth. And growth. <laughs> <laughs> but seeing Lilith here conjunct her son so tightly, it just speaks to the temptations the compulsions, the derailments that Lilith loves to bring to the people who she touches intimately. And this is what really seals the deal on like the wild, unbridled, untethered force uh, that Drew was, especially like in her youth. Because Lilith was also trying that Uranus along with Drew's son. And we see this aspect really just rage rage through when she was in the wrong environments and then bounce back with the right kind of support to like really reclaim some of that wildness but she never lost any of it you know I mean she stayed who she was at her core but I think I think a lot of people would resonate with you know falling in a certain environment and then healing 
with, you know, love and bananas. Love, <laughs> love and, and bananas. Love and bananas. It's a it's a documentary about elephants. You should watch it. It's wonderful. It's about <laughs> healing captive elephants with love and bananas. <laughs> oh, cute. I love it. But it's a it's a it fits here. <laughs> it does. It does. And also I feel like this is one of these like cases where because of some of the extremely auspicious, lucky, fortunate shit that she has going on, we kind of uh, have we have the good side of Lilith coming out, which we don't typically see manifest so strongly. But it was positively aspected, and it was reporting to Jupiter, who was in just a supremely benevolent position. So I, I think that this really pulled some of the liberation pathway mm-hmm. stuff out mm-hmm. of Lilith. But I think that this energy really kind of just gave her a strong sense of, of not being what society expected her to be and her learning how to create awareness unabashedly, just owning her shit. Yeah. Well, and I wonder too, like, you know, this like it worked positively in Drew's case maybe because – that's the shadow work is embracing your shadow and mm-hmm. and befriending the Lilith in us all. You know what I mean? And like working with her, not against her. Totally and completely. And once again, Drew killed it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> like it, master it, class it, in it. dealing with Lilith energy. This is yeah, this is the astrology of a killer who's not a killer. <laughs> yeah. This is like <laughs> What that energy could have, I mean, granted, let's, totally. let's be real here. She has an incredibly benevolent Jupiter-Venus setup. So there is that. But, like, the way that she's channeled her energy, masterclass. Well, and also, like, if she were a serial killer, we would have been like, that's why she got away with it for so long. Because it would be all the luck. You're fucking right, dude. <laughs> You're, yeah, no, no, no. So, it would Paul be. It's still the luck thing. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Drew, for not going off the other side. Mm-hmm. We all appreciate it. <laughs> I think so much of it was directed towards herself. Totally. 100%. You know? Yeah. 100%. Okay. Enough about Drew's son. Let's talk about Drew's moon. Ooh, a moon in Cancer. Is that right? A moon in Cancer. That is correct. And a moon loves to be in Cancer. Damn, bitch, with this lucky-ass chart. <sighs> okay, but here <sighs> is where some luck runs out. Yes, moon in Cancer. Really? Mwah. Powerful. Okay. Beautiful. Tell me more. Where does it end? Where does it end? It ends at the moon conjunct Saturn. <laughs> oh, holding hands with Daddy Saturn. He's with, no fun. Yeah. No, no. Very <laughs> suppressive. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> While all that sun energy ultimately is quite fantastic, this is where the real hurdles in Drew's life are the, with the moon. So I envision this, what you just said, right? The moon conjunct Saturn. Mm-hmm. I envision a wild child wanting to run and play and a parent or an adult saying no and holding them like a leashed toddler. Uh-huh. And tell me Drew did not live a life as a leashed hundred. toddler. Hundred. Like I She held her own my, leash. Mind blown emoji. <laughs> she literally had to like 
buckle herself into her harness, hold her own leash and keep herself from diving off the deep end again and again and again. Right. Like it is, it is crazy the way it manifests. So Drew's chart is full of super powerful planets and the moon in cancer in the second house of resources, assets, talents, and self-worth is one of them. And so, so she really has to nurture herself in order. Yes. He has to. Like self-care is not a – it has to be number one. It ha- it has to be number That's one. And she you. has a incredibly rich and abundant inner and emotional life, which is part of what makes her sensitive, loving, nurturing, and deeply connected to the people she loves so much. And it's also another reason why she's able to – authentically and genuinely connect with with others and just like really be present with them but moon and cancer people are also very sensitive to their environments and they're extra sensitive to nurture and emotional bonds so we know that her early life her developmental life like did Mm. not possess those things Mm -hmm. yeah and this is where papa saturn comes into play wow and her Saturn is obviously in Cancer with her Moon and retrograde. And okay, Saturn, why is it obvious that her that her because they're conjunct? Okay, so if something is conjunct, it's in the same because they're so close. They're in the same. They're tied up in the same part of the chart. Okay, thank yep, you. Yep, yep, yep. They're like right on top of each other. Okay, and so. Saturn does not like being in Cancer. Bad okay. place for Saturn. Saturn is daddy, dummy. Saturn is rules, structure, regulation, cold, desolate. And Cancer's mommy, structure. sweet, yeah. yes. emotional, mm-hmm. home, be domestic. Nice, be, okay. Yeah. So Saturn in Cancer is like a grumpy, tired toddler. Did not want to become a mom. <laughs> Yes. Okay. 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 Which I want to just clarify. As I said that, I realized it might sound like I'm saying Drew didn't want to become a mom. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just the energy I totally of Saturn. Understand. Totally. Personally, totally understand. Like she didn't want to have to parent herself and yet she was forced to. I got you. Nailed it. Oh. Totally nailed it. This is a tough aspect. Having the moon conjunct Saturn is a toughie alone, which I can – personally attest to as a moon conjunct Saturn person myself oh, in the flesh. Really? Yep. I have my moon conjunct Saturn too, which wow. is probably why I always just like deeply loved Drew from an early age. Yeah. I just, there was, there's just something where I'm like, uh-huh. Soul I get resonance. It. Yes. Deep soul yeah, resonance. You, you see her. Yes. Definitely. Are you going to cry? This way. I might. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not great with criers, but I'm going to do my best. <laughs> It's okay. Don't worry. I got this. I got it under control. <laughs> if you ask Rain, I ask them all the time, like, because we're having, like, a tough conversation. I'm like, are you going to cry? They're like, I fucking hate when you ask that. <laughs> I would hate it, too. I'd be dick. like, yeah, bitch, let me. <laughs> but, I'm like, but I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, my, do I need to, like, turn on something in within me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to prepare. No, no, Dude, no. You I, just let him cry. You could be like, how what do you what do you want from me? I have how can a I have Virgo you? Stellium, Capricorn Stellium. I do my best. Okay. I ask so that I can prepare. 
<laughs> if I'm prepared for the crying, then I'm like, how can I support you now? I'm prepared for this. I can be here. You have to go in space. with the checklist. You have to go in with the with the in case of crying, break red glass. <laughs> literally. Literally. <Yeah>. Sound alarm. <laughs> But okay, so this aspect, this this toughy aspect that Drew and I yeah. share, it can make people inherently suppress, deny, and restrict their emotions, which is so fun. It can indicate that the native may have been subject to neglect in their early life and learned Check. to stifle their own emotional needs. Or Check. they may have had to learn early that they had to could only depend on themselves for emotional Check. nourishment and security and support, which is like, Check. hello. Yep. <laughs> this aspect makes it really, really difficult to deal with topics of self-care and emotional management that the moon governs. It's really hard to take care of yourself when you have this aspect. Wow. And for it to be such a vital thing for her. Yes. She really had to learn and had to figure it out. Like the hard way. The hard way. <laughs> Which is what we see. Like this is an extreme scenario of Saturn being in a disempowered position. It's in mm -hmm. its detriment in Cancer and retrograde, which can mean that typical manifestations get are, are unconventional, like unconventional manifestations right. of the planetary energy. So the fact that Drew had to literally emancipate at age 14 yep. and was her own soul source of security. And let's remind uh, everyone that this is in the second house of resources, finances, safe, like safety, self-worth. Hello, how you support, how you mm -hmm. are supported. Right. So yeah, it is a very interesting case study on how retrograde planets can manifest because it like it hits all the topics of what you would expect for Saturn and Cancer, which is denials around care and nurturance and emotional stuff and some deep guilt and mm -hmm. connections to the past. But it's turned it on its head where she had to be the one to do these weird, the, not these weird things, but these things that adults should do. Right. 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 They were weird for a child. Yeah, they are. Least. Yeah, they are weird for a child. Like, yeah. it's unconventional. It's an unconventional manifestation, yeah. but it is very, 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 very much what we're seeing here. So, Saturn governs institutions, and the moon can speak directly to our relationships with our mother. So, just on a like, super, super blatant interpretive level, this literally kind of manifested as her mother sending her to an institution. Uh-huh. Right? Like it sent like order yep. get can to try to get control over her, uh, making a yep. choice out of emotions because her mother yep. could not handle her. Like that's kind of wild. But yep. that's also where she went and received a lot of blessings that yes. were not received as blessings in the, that the she moment. But bingo. This is this yeah. energy is like structure. Mm -hmm. helps you so much mm -hmm. but you are usually pretty resistant to it but as we yeah. saw it was great for her and she reflects on it being great for her because it did yeah. help her create order within exactly exactly it gave her the foundation that she needed to get up mm -hmm. 100 percent. and so 
this is just like a, a really, really, really potent expression of the severe degree of self-reliance that this aspect indicates. Also the mommy issues. Cause it's like not just the moon, but it's the moon and cancer. So it's like mommy yeah. issues. Like yeah. we oh, saw something oh. similar with Jeanette, but it was like her son in cancer with, with some other cancer planets there. But like, God damn, the mommy issues mm-hmm. are really prevalent here but it's also probably why she has dedicated herself so strongly to being a good mother herself is to heal her childhood through the parenting of her own children which i think is a lot of cancer placements like like at least like sun moon you know um i've seen it with other cancers that i know that like have healed through being their own being a parent themselves but i wonder okay i have a i have to ask you this question so it's pretty widely known that like cancer is associated with like mother mommy nurturing what's the one i want to say virgo but i don't know why i probably for father? my own piece yeah for father uh, saturn and capricorn capricorn okay very interesting at least that's my stance on it some people use the sun which also makes sense and the sun definitely can there are masculine qualities but uh it it gets a little hairy there because i could see it being either or Mm -hmm. you know um Mm -hmm. but there's something very like at least in the way that we think of father i feel like to today i mean i don't know i guess it could be the sun too but what's funny is always felt that it's saturn I can see that too because Daddy Saturn, like they call it, you know, yeah, Mommy the Moon, opposition, Daddy Saturn, like the complementary yeah. nature well, of the spectrum. And, and what's funny, it's Capricorn and Saturn, and I'm pretty sure that my Saturn is Capricorn. Your Saturn um, is in Capricorn. About, talk about Daddy. How you doing, Jerry? fuck you by the way (laughs) no honestly I have no beef with that guy I don't fucking know him (laughs) I don't fucking know you Jerry I hope you're cool (laughs) no beef I got my kiddos that's funny (laughs) oh and it just makes me the image is just like Jerry from um Rick and Morty is it not perfect that my dad's name is Jerry Jerry (laughs) oh it is funny so on top of that obviously very tough aspect that that deals with a lot of insecurity issues (laughs) yeah thanks for that adhd sidebar by the way this aspect this moon in cancer conjunct her saturn retrograde in cancer is actually also opposite her natal mars in capricorn okay so opposite they're standing face to face yeah yep Okay. It's okay. a difficult They're aspect. Each other it out. can be a tension inducing aspect. There's usually a need to balance things. Now, Drew's Mars is in Stand Capricorn. Off. Yep, standoff. Drew's Mars is in Capricorn, which is exalted like Venus. So Mars is very powerful as well. Uh, okay. She's got a really fucking pumped up chart. <laughs> like, Planets yeah. are doing cool shit all over the place. Loud. Here. Yeah. Very loud. Like big, it is. Big energy. Yeah. Absolutely. And one of the cornerstones of having mm-hmm. Mars in Capricorn is that Drew would be able 
to have this ability to act and execute on her visions and her goals. She can get shit done. And it's also helpful because this Mars in Capricorn sextiles her Venus-Jupiter placement, which gives another little dose of, like, good timing, good luck, knowing the right people in the right places at the right times, and Mm -hmm. really make dreams a reality. Yeah, and think about it, like, Pisces, so dreamy, so imaginative, Mm -hmm. so visionary. And then you have Mars Mars in Capricorn. Let me dream up the dreamiest of dreams and then, bitch, erect I'm do the it. monument. Yes. Dude. Okay. It I am is... taking notes for my next life. <laughs> lifetime. Yeah. Yes. Now, that being said, that's like one of the cute things her Mars is doing. Now, but Mars, remember, is still opposite her Saturn moon situation. So, this is a great source of trouble because Mars was her most difficult planet in her chart, which means that How? it was not playing for her team. And it was not trying to make things easy on her. It was like, no, we work. No, we do real work. No, we earn it. We learn the hard way. We learn the hard way. It's powerful in Capricorn and it has a lot of pluses to it, but it is bringing that like strict edge, Mm -hmm. strict teacher, hard coaching. Like that is the vibe there with that. And so – Because of this positioning, it was likely that she would throw herself into her work and her plans and her, like, building of whatever the new idea was instead of dealing with her feelings of isolation or depression because that's the nature of an opposition. It's either, like, all leaning this way or all leaning that way until you learn how to balance. So the workaholic-ness, so much easier for her. And I think I remember her saying in, like, an interview that I listened to that, um, you know, throw me in a boardroom and let me pitch a $10 million film, no problem. But put me in a room to talk about my emotions with my partner and I fall apart. Yes, I remember. I think, yes. Yes. So if that doesn't illustrate this this thing. Yeah, I resonate too, though. Mm-hmm. I'm like Oppositions. work. Fuck yeah, dude! I'm oh, like, I started like, my. Business I need to cry. I'm like to uh-oh. heal my emotional <laughs> shit. <laughs> I was like, if that's the no. only way we're gonna do, do deal with actually. this, then that's how we're gonna deal with this. <laughs> and you know what? Ultimately, it's, it's funny because like me too. Like, still, I'm learning to like hold space for emotions, and yet through holding space for my own emotions thus my business has been born 10 million percent but it's also easier to hold emotions when you're in the akashic records earth (laughs) is not the same vibration (laughs) y'all okay i am like the sweetest little baby angel when i'm in the records but earth danny she a nut (laughs) (laughs) Please don't cry around her. It's uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, this aspect would also make her extremely reactionary and potentially responding to personal turmoil in defensive ways or maybe passive aggressive ways, given Mm -hmm. the energy of the cancer that's involved here. This, Mm -hmm. I feel like, is not what we see on the surface. I'm, I'm... next to certain that this is an intimate relationship thing 
I I could I was gonna say this is the only thing I can't check for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but based on how open she's been and how she's described, I can completely see it happening totally. behind closed doors, and that is none of my business. <laughs> and we can kind of confirm this with the chart because this opposition is happening in the eighth house. Her Mars is in the eighth house, and that is a space that mm-hmm. has to do with intimacy. Right. Oh, and it is a space that has to do with like not on the surface, like but kind of behind behind some closed doors a little bit. So mm-hmm. I, I really think that that's where a lot of this opposition comes from. And it probably also spurns a real need for external validation. Like um, mm-hmm. you're not showing me you love me enough kind of vibes. Like I like. And that would make sense with some of her childhood trauma. Absolutely. To, it shows Prove up Prove your love. Totally. Totally, totally. And so this would make it likely that she would lash out in some of these types of collaborative, intimate relationships um, as an attempt to regain control of herself and autonomy over her actions. And again, remember, she has that whole Sun Uranus thing where it's like she needs variety. She needs not every day can be the same. So. Like, you coupled that in with this kind of what can be explosive a little. But it's like, I say explosive, but then it's also like Drew Barrymore, right? So it's like probably just explosive well, poofs of emotion and a lot of yeah. crying afterward. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, also, if you think about it, like, um, think of it in terms of addiction, right? People that are addicts, um oftentimes like need chaos they Mm -hmm. will create it in order to somehow feel a thing you know and so until you get a grasp on that and heal that and work on it actively usually in relationships with somebody safe (laughs) then um, I think a lot of us can can relate to this absolutely I've been there I know this Mm -hmm. (laughs) like yes I I feel this i think for her it's an extra sticking point yeah oh yeah and an energetic build in you know what i mean absolutely yeah and i also bet that this is where some of the impulse control issues come into play too because this aspect is kind of competitive in nature which she's been able to redirect in productive ways by becoming competitive with herself Mm -hmm. but it's this is probably where it's like, well, let me just do this thing, like, to make myself feel better. Let me, like, like focus on an action or yeah. fo- focus on, like, like doing something external to validate. Yeah. And so on top of her moon being in that opposition to Mars, it was actually part of a T-square, one of those toughy T-squares, if you remember a from Toughy T-square. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, with Chiron. And Chiron, the wounded healer, healer. was on the receiving end of the need to balance her her security with her actions, her needs with her actions, her emotions with her actions, and her behavior. Uh, You know, I see Chiron as sort of like a a bottom. No, definitely. (laughs) Bottom energy. And so it makes me feel sad that Chiron is on the receiving end of something oh. tough, you know, because it's like you poor little tweaky little baby. <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm never gonna think of Chiron the same. Chiron, the I bottom. know, right? But am I wrong? 
Like Saturn's very top energy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. tell me I'm wrong. So is Jupiter. Mm-hmm. Venus yeah. and the moon are I the biggest like bottoms. I feel like Jupiter could be switch. I feel like Jupiter could be switch energy. Mercury is switch energy. Totally. Mercury's switch. Even Venus. I could see Venus being switch because I could see her a little bit. Venus and Scorpio is a dom. Totally. Is a top. Yeah. I love it. Venus and Taurus is a bottom. <laughs> oh my god 100 percent. hi like me a cute little i'm the venus and taurus it. it's me exactly <laughs> um venus and mars i guess mars is a top i know i mean venus and virgo well my Switch. mars is also on virgo so i guess it's well this okay. is fun we should do this before. i know <laughs> you know who does this um my friend deb she does queer astrology uh-huh. and she does this kind of stuff she makes it all like top and bottom energies and um like that this kind of it is yeah. so fun oh, yeah so yeah. fun we should it's so fun i love okay, it okay well, we're gonna bookmark that but I oh know. my gosh! Okay, come ADD back for moment. that. Hello, Episode. hi. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so Chiron, Chiron, Chiron. So to me, Sweet this baby Chiron, yeah, Chiron on the receiving end of this really tough T square. Hello, with between Mars and Saturn and the Moon. Like fuck me, dude. Mm-hmm. Please. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this to me speaks to the incredibly raw and hurt emotions revolving around nurture and care, which is clearly manifesting as unavailable parents. Yep. And her Chiron in the 11th house, this to me spoke of when she got blacklisted because the 11th house is social circles, communities, fans, and Chiron is where our wound is, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. Blacklisted because she did not know how to fucking care for herself and lost control of her behavior. Hello. Oh my gosh. And then like had to start from the bottom again, build it all back Mm -hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But, but, but Chiron is, again, not just the wound, but also the healer, too. So there's a great amount of wisdom that comes through our Chiron lessons. And her Chiron was an Aries, so that means a lot of her wounding was around identity and and selfhood and individualism and, like, can I do it on my own? And she fucking lived up. Aries is a yes, I can do it on my own. Yeah, but can you be brave enough? Are you brave enough to? It's a wound. I think an Aries is. Bravery. But, but remember, it's not is. Aries as an energy is, but where Chiron yeah. falls, true. That's where it's like it's. We have to really finesse those lessons and lean into them and be hurt in a way so we can become yeah, wise yeah. as well. Yeah. So it was about yeah. a lot of like, Drew, this is your journey and just for you. You know, even though mm-hmm. she can relate so broadly with people across the, the realm. Yeah. So this healer aspect of it speaks to the power of her influence to heal her abandonment wounds and and turn her her shit into medicine because that's that's become what yeah. her talk show really is. Yep. It's like yep. talk therapy with other celebrities, you yep. know, and so the she final really, stage of healing exactly. is helping others. Yes, exactly. So it's really like beautiful that she's getting to have this opportunity to 
to continue to explore this wound and continue to explore the wisdom that it has to offer mm-hmm. because this shit is hard earned. Mm-hmm. Hard earned. Yeah. And deserved. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like truly A plus. Truly. Grade A. Mm. Mm-hmm. The last thing I'll say about her moon is that while it did have all of that that yucky tense Mm -hmm. like tough stuff like thank god it was a moon in cancer Mm -hmm. and had like the power to like truly feel into its intuitiveness you know truly truly but on top of that it was also getting a lovely boost from that amazing jupiter venus placement so okay so there was a a little help she had some backup she had okay. some backup from like the be- the most powerful planets in her chart. Yes. So she had a lovely flowing trine from Jupiter in Pisces, which automatically pulls in the Venus in Pisces stuff along with it uh, to her moon, which is, I mean, it's, it's, it's got to be <laughs> the reason why she was able to have faith, to catch herself, mm-hmm. to sustain, to have courage to trust in herself, like even through the most challenging times. This aspect is incredibly optimistic. It's incredibly hopeful. It's incredibly connected. It's very spiritual. And Drew is a little woo. She's very open about being a little woo. Yes. And so it's just this interconnection and this magic of living and breathing that just immerses her experience. And again, this is making me think of the rain video too. It's just like – even in her darkest yeah. hours, yeah, she has this underlying luminescence that mm-hmm. gives her a way out through surrendering to faith. Yeah. Like, it's really cool. Yes, yes. I love it. I mean, honestly, I don't feel like Pisces gives me such witchy woo, mm-hmm. you know, which I just love. I mean, we Mystic said like fae energy. Mystic yes. Yeah, fae. Yes, so I love it. Um, But listen, Laurel – are we going to talk about her rising at all? Yes, we are. Right meow. There was so okay. much going on with her luminaries. but I know, no. I know. But I'm like, I just thought about it. I was like, wait, what's her rising even? Gemini. Oh, that makes sense. I can see that. Gemini rising. And mm-hmm. so this is why she's such a wonderful networker and conversationalist. She could talk to yep, anyone yep. about anything Literally. for any length of time. She always knows what to say. She always knows what to say. And she always can make a real, authentic, genuine yeah. connection. And that's because she has so many of her own experiences and ideas that she's gathered through learning, connecting with people across all calibers. You know, mm-hmm. that is this Gemini rising thing is this ability to like connect and communicate and translate and integrate and over here and over there and always moving, always bustling. And so, mm-hmm. again, with the mutable energy, right? So right. flexible, so adaptable. And this is why she is thriving as a talk show host, as a podcaster, as uh, a producer, yeah. as an actor, as a businesswoman. Like many hats, many hats, many hats indeed. Mm-hmm. And she can juggle things. She's probably more comfortable juggling things at once. Like she probably feels like totally – Controlled chaos. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. 
Definitely. So I think that's, yeah, a lot of that comes from her rising sign. But that means that Mercury is actually the ruler of her chart. And uh, Mercury was the ruler of Brooke Shields' chart, too. Wow. I remember that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's really interesting that there are certainly parallels between the two charts, although very different um, and very different lived experiences between them, but so many commonalities that like only they could probably understand what the other one is truly has truly gone through in a certain sense. And it's just cool to see that and to see that like both of them had their son in the 10th, both of them had Jupiter in the 10th, both of them were ruled by Mercury in the 9th. Like there were some interesting things. Both of them had like Mars, Saturn, moon weirdness going on. So it's interesting to see how that all panned out in slightly different ways, but still created a really unique experience for them both. That checks out. <laughs> I mean, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So Mercury ruling her chart in the ninth house in her Mercury is an Aquarius, which gives her a really unique perspective and view of the world, mm. a very progressive outlook, innovative, yeah. but also analytical. Like she's uh -huh. ditzy, but she is not dumb. You know what I mean? Like, she, right. Yeah. She really leans into it, too. Like she's super bubbly, but she's highly intelligent, which is yeah. typically a Mercury and Aquarius thing. Totally. And it makes her think about things in an innovative way and kind of even in an eccentric way. And Mercury is trying her Pluto in Libra, which creates an amazing channel for her to explore the deep aspects of society, relationships, and interpersonal experiences, to talk about transformation, to talk about growth, to enhance her worldview, and to bring a larger perspective to other people. Which is literally what she's doing. It's what she does. So ultimately, it's just like her chart reads her all over. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's like undeniably Undeni true. Tell me astrology isn't real. And then also, y'all just like send our podcast to all of your best critics, all of your best skeptics. <laughs> challenge them <laughs> and then they can challenge me <laughs> yeah oh but that's drew barrymore a fucking queen dude a true angel she is out here transmuting the collective through selfless authenticity through owning her narrative through just experiencing and existing and just really giving out master classes on growth all healing and transformation and truly mm -hmm. yeah authenticity and like i just believe in authenticity so much and i think that's why she's so attractive because because authentic people are attractive you know and absolutely i mean you know, just like narcissists are attractive. Like, there's a certain quality, you know? Spectrums, I mean? you know? It's fucking spectrums, It's a pendulum. Though. It Truly, is. Truly, like, when you can embrace your authenticity, you're going to attract that. And, like, things start to fall into place. Undeniably. Oh, my gosh. I love Drew. I loved her chart. I did, too. It gives you the warm fuzzies. 
It does. It does, which is just nice. We needed this. <laughs> Raise your hand if you needed it. Me. I did. Me. <sighs> but that's true. And next time we'll get into timelines and transits for her. Yes. Can't wait. We'll Gonna see y'all great. back here next week. Same time. Same time. Same Or we'll see you in a minute if you're binging. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And uh, slap some stars on the pod. You know the drill. Some words. Yeah. Some cheers. Would love it. We appreciate you. We do. And until next time, my friends, invoke your willpower. And hey, make good choices. Bye-bye.